Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Welcome, everyone, to True Crime Archives. Uh, We have a bit of an announcement before we jump right into the episode today. What is it? Is it the 5th that falls on that Monday, Dad? Yes, so the 4th of July is celebrated on the Monday. The national holiday is celebrated on the Monday. So we are going to be taking that week off, just like we did for Memorial Day week. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be a really nice week, hopefully, Enjoy time with your family and loved ones, and yeah. we will be back the following week on the 12th. Yep. So, that's it? Yep, Is that's that it? it? That's it. <laughs> Just a quick announcement. I'll remind you guys everywhere else, too, leading up to it, so no one will will forget. All right. We went into the archives. Yeah. <laughs> we always talk about DNA, right? That's like our thing. That's our favorite thing to talk about, mm-hmm. it seems like. <laughs> yeah. It just happened that way, right? Yeah, all the cases. And every time we talk about DNA, we always I we always go back to like when we're like when was the first, you know, DNA was first used in a murder case in 1980 something, right? We always mm-hmm. talk about that. Well, I decided to Google it and I know I mentioned this case actually a few weeks ago. I referenced it for a second. But I actually Googled it and found out that it was in 1980 88 technically was when well, he was, it was convicted. Yeah, it was 85, right? Or 86? It was 86 when they did it, but well, it was 87. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was between they start they were working on it those couple years. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And where was it at? In England. In England, yes. Yeah. Colin Pitchfork was the first person to be convicted of murder because of the DNA evidence in 1988. So that's what I have is in mm-hmm. 1988 in England because that's when he was convicted. This is all thanks to Sir Alec Jeffries. He is a British scientist who developed DNA profiling earlier in the 1980s. So he had kind of come up with like the fingerprint DNA. Colin Pitchfork was born on March 23rd, 1960 in Newbold, Verdon, Le- Leicestershire. <laughs> okay, we're going to do our best on these names. You're going to be better because I think Massachusetts has a lot of similar names. Um, and he, Leicestershire? Like, <laughs> I was like, Worcestershire. Leicestershire. That sounds the best. That's going to be my best. I'm so sorry to everyone. I'm. We're going to try our best on these names. He worked as a baker. Uh, He married in 1981, and they had two sons. Although since committing his crimes, his wife and his two sons' location and identity really have been unknown. You really can't find anything on them. Now, while Pitchfork was the first convicted of murder, there had been a rape case solved using Jeffrey's DNA profile before these murders. There have just been so many advances in science since this has happened in the 1980s, um, especially recently with genetic genealogy. Sir Alec Jeffries really started something. Right. And at this time, all he was saying is um, they the blood type, they can figure out the blood type and, uh, you know, what what percentage of, of men w- would have it. So it was just a very um, beginning stage. 
Also, he did it on accident. I did mm. not do a, like I didn't type out a big deep dive to talk about. Yeah, but that, right, that's it's yeah, it's not super. Um, important to the case but you guys should definitely go do your own research on it and read about it it's pretty interesting how he kind of discovered it on accident Mm -hmm. which is really cool but today we are talking about the murders of 15 year old linda mann and don ashworth on november 21st 1983 linda mann was on her way home from babysitting she ended up taking a different way home than she normally did Her parents and neighbors started searching for her when she didn't immediately come home. Her body was found on November 22nd along a deserted pathway. She had been raped and strangled. At this time, there was enough known about DNA that when they collected semen left behind, detectives were able to say the person they would be looking for would be type A blood and had an enzyme profile that matched only 10% of males, which is what you were just mentioning. Right. The, The semen. So they were able to extract the blood from the semen and say it's only only can be found in 10% of males and it's in the of the 10% to be a blood type. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool that they at least had that much. Right? Mhm. Actually, during this investigation, Colin Pitchfork was questioned. It didn't really say why he was questioned. I'm assuming he was just like in the area. Mm-hmm. Um but he was questioned and he had an al- he said he had an alibi-, alibi that he was at home with his son. Mm. Um, That's right, because he's married with two kids. At this point, he only has the one. Oh, one kid. Okay. Yeah, at- just at at this point of Linda's. All right, in 1983, right? Okay. Yes. So then we're going to skip ahead a few years. July 31st, 1986. Don Ashworth was expected to return home from a friend's house in Narborough. Leicestershire mm-hmm. at 9.30 p.m. She only lived a few minutes away in Enderby. Um, and the way they were described are these are like all villages or like counties is what it kind of sounded like. Her parents mm-hmm. immediately reported her missing when she just never came home. Two days later, her body was found on another path similar. It was like a walking path similar to where Linda's body was found. Yeah, it, it this sounds like it's a rural part of England, right? Because mm-hmm. there were these paths, these these pathways or whatever. I can picture, you know, it's your shortcut coming home, it's a pathway. Right. It seems to be acceptable. Um seems to be acceptable, you know, so it sounds kind of rural where they're at. Yeah. And and by the way, so Well, and it was described as a village, mm-hmm. so that's what I was picturing. Yeah. And then Linda Hers was by a place called Car- Carlton Hayes Psychiatric Hospital. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, too. Dawn's body had also been beaten, raped, and strangled. Police again took DNA and were able to come up with the same results from Linda's case. So the person that committed this crime had the same type of blood and, again, was only found in 10% of males. So police immediately connected the two cases. They believed that they had a serial killer in the area. So now we have two two murders, uh, three years apart, but you have DNA, mm-hmm. the same what what they believe to be the same DNA. Remember, it's not the DNA of today. And also, what they have is they have sort of an MO. They have uh, a strangulation, sexual assault, and strangulation, like a brutal strangulation. So that's sort of the MO of of the bad guy. So that they're pretty pretty sure it's just, obviously it's the same person. 
Yeah, that was their theory. Mm-hmm. And it's not they're not too far apart where the bodies were found. So they're that's what they're thinking. Yeah. It was like I said, uh it was only like a mile or so. It was mm-hmm. a couple it wasn't that far at all. Now they which also by the way, kind of impressive that they even thought to take the DNA because again, this is Well, no, they collected semen. Right. It, but that they collected semen. So this scientist at the time what his, his thing he developed was to extract the it from the semen somehow. I, I don't know the science behind it, but that's that's what it was. Mm. The now, blood, the, the pulled the blood from it. Right, but they didn't know about that until after they had already collected. No, right, it. so they just collected semen. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, just a, it's uh, the thought process to mm-hmm. collect everything yep. like yep. that. Mm-hmm. Now they're still doing a regular investigation. Right, they're interviewing people. They start to question a 17-year-old boy, Richard Buckland, who is said to have learning difficulties. Not sure why that's relevant. I mean, I guess maybe because of either. the confession, but they continuously say that over and over again anytime it's brought up. He did work at the Carlton Hayes Psychiatric Hospital, though. Yes. So th- he worked there? Mm-hmm. So he happened to know Dawn. Okay, and he ended up confessing to killing her and provided details that had not been released to the public. He ends up recanting his confession a few times. He went back and forth with detectives. Uh, He denied any involvement in Linda's murders, but the detectives were so dead set on the one person did this. Yeah. And he confessed and knows details, so he had to have done it. Yeah, it's a good shot. He knows something that not everybody knows. Right. So they were convinced that he had committed both murders, and so on August 10th, he is arrested. Richard Buckland is arrested and charged with the murder of Don Ashworth. Mm-hmm. So the very next day he appears in court. Now, while all of this is going on, Alec Jeffries is at the university that he works at running experiments on DNA. The You know, the experiments mm-hmm. I mentioned. Yeah, this is when this is all taking place now. Right. And he accidentally comes across the fact that DNA can be used to show kinship, which is the, the word I couldn't figure mm-hmm. out another word other than family but to show family is not <laughs> grammatically correct but to show you know mm-hmm. the relationship between relationship, people right. that's the word <laughs> after this he had been asked to help with the immigration issue in england mm-hmm. so when he discovers this he starts helping with the immigration to prove that parents and children are related mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool so because of all this the detectives reach out to alec jeffries to see if he can prove that richard buckland's dna match the semen samples found with both bodies. Yeah, just, like, innovative, right? Yeah. You know? I I mean, good on them for Mm -hmm. double-checking. Yeah. Because, again, like, DNA hadn't been used in this form yet. Right. Alex Jeffries had brought it up at some, like, conference, he's speaking conference. Something prompted him, the cops, to think this and stuff. But it would just... Because they could have just continued the trial. Hey, let's let's just give this a shot. Because the guy confessed, remember? And he had details. So because they reach out to Alec Jeffries, mm-hmm. they end up finding out that Richard Buckland is not the person that committed these murders. Alec Jeffries runs the test three times, and all three times, uh, Richard Buckland's DNA does not match. It, he does say, he does say though, that yes, the DNA at both scenes matches. So yes, one person committed this yeah, crime. No, no, right, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's true. So he is able to say that to mm-hmm. the police. But this guy is not a match. Right. Richard Buckland ends up becoming the first person exonerated using DNA. Mm-hmm. Technically exonerated because he, he was arrested. So. Yeah, ruled out. He was ruled out. Right. 
Now, the detectives are back at square one, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do you think they do? Well, I, what they did what is would you do? It was kind of crazy. I don't think, yeah. I, I don't, nobody would go for it here, but they. In, in, the, in the United States? They, no, they went through, uh, what are the villages? Like four, four different villages. Yeah, there's four so different. I said it's Edinburgh, says Narborough. Narborough, um, three villages, and they rallied up. Everybody, every male between the age of 17 and 34 who didn't have an alibi and they collected DNA. They did a DNA screening. Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw the same article I did. Um, America was watching this all unfold. And a lot of people out here, there was a couple articles like um, in L.A. and a couple other states where they were like writing articles about it and being like fascinated about Mm -hmm. what was going on. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) So they... More than 4,000. Uh, oh, they ended up... I have breakdown. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead then. No, what so, were you going to say? So, no, so that's... Th- there was a lot of people. More than 4,000. So. Yeah. Uh, three days a week, uh, everyone had to show up. Took six months three. total. Yeah. They had to provide ID. And this was all on a voluntary basis, by the way. Mm-hmm. This was technically voluntary. After a month, they received 100 samples. And then in eight months, they received 5,511 samples. Yeah. So they ended up going after... They said, okay... Um, because all the people without an alibi, nothing. So they called in everybody, the mm-hmm. even the the men with an alibi. They wrote letters to everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty awesome. So more than five thousand. You said at the end five thousand five hundred and eleven samples. Yeah. Even after all of that, they still had not received a match. Yep, no match. Right now, here is why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Colin Pitchfork actually got one of his coworkers to go and give a blood sample for him. He told him the story of like, hey, one of my friends is like, a, he has like an indecent exposure yeah, like which, charge or something. Right, which is true. He w- yeah. A flashing is what, what yeah. they called it. But he, he flashed some woman. and one he Was he charged or even convicted? He had the conviction the or friend, something? The friend, I think he was like on parole or, he, or yeah, he, he been convicted something like that. Because yeah. this happened before he got married. So he told... This his, isn't Colin though. This is his friend. No, well, no. he's making up the story that his N- friend. No, 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 no. Um, Pitchfork ha- had been convicted of this crime. Right. He's telling his buddy, hey, or his coworker, I don't want to be harassed by the police. Will you go in my in my name and and give DNA and say you're my name? That's not what I read. That's what happened. I read three articles that said he told his friend that he had a friend that he already took the test for that he submitted a sample for. Okay, so Colin Pitchfork enlisted the help of a coworker mm-hmm. to convince him to uh, submit a blood sample as Colin, right. and he told his his co- this coworker that he had already gone and submitted blood for one of his friends who had a prior conviction of like indecent exposure, and he just did it for him. That's what the friend does. They doctor up his passport. So Colin puts his coworkers or his friends, his coworkers' picture on his passport, and that's oh, how they go. is that how that happened? Okay. Yeah, that's what he just. I'm did. like, aren't they checking IDs at this thing? Yeah, because that's why I said they were they were checking IDs. That's all. That's what I read is that mm-hmm. he took his coworkers' picture and put it on his passport. Not sure how well they're paying attention or how. I, like, wow. I want to know how well. Five hundred of these things they did. You know. I mean, but you're checking ID. You don't notice that. That's yeah. a. That's if all he did was put the picture on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know what passports looked like in England in the 80s. Yeah. And then in August of 1987, 
Colin's coworker is out having drinks with some of his friends, and he ends up telling his friends a story. Yeah, it's all bravado. Yeah, the story. I, I don't Not know sure why. why. Yeah, I don't know why he'd be telling this story. I I just don't understand. Yeah, because either way, it makes Colin look bad. Yeah, <laughs> like if I was his friend, I'd be like, you did what? Yeah, you, you idiot. You did what? Well, and then six weeks later, his friend tells on him. So <laughs> I yeah. don't. Again, yeah. I'm not really she sure. She calls the police. She takes it to the police. Um, and Colin Pitchfork was arrested, and so was the friend that's or the coworker that submitted his mm-hmm. blood sample for Colin Pitchfork. He was arrested. Yeah, he, he was arrested. Um, obviously, they go in to get his DNA. Then, huh? Yep. So he ends up Colin, Colin Pitchfork ends up confessing to both murders and two other sexual assaults, though. In in January of 1988, he pleads guilty to two counts of murder, two counts of rape and indecent assault, and one count of a conspiring to prevent the course of justice, which I assume is England's fancy way of saying obstruction, obstruction of, just- of justice. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool the different uh, terms they have, right? Yeah. And this is, so at this point, this is a good case, right? So mm-hmm. they got, they got this new DNA thing, right? And they're saying it's the same in each in in each murder mm-hmm. and then they have the same mo in each murder and now they matched uh, a suspect dna to the same dna in mm-hmm. two of those murders and he confessed and he confessed that's a pretty good and case. he was being sneaky yeah oh right, the months right, he was right, like right, trying to right. avoid giving yep. him a sample so that's that's a great case which like i also don't understand because this was on a voluntary volunteer basis so why didn't he just like not do you know what I mean? I, I don't like it was it was a voluntarily a volunteer volunteer thing, so what, he could have just not. What you mean the original request, like the original calling of the four thousand five thousand yeah, people? That was on yeah, a volunteer I, basis. We don't, but we don't. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess they could have gone to well, the people that said no and been like. Well, the mm-hmm. thing is, I don't know what what how England was treating that kind of stuff at the time. It sounds like oh, like quotation marks volunteer yeah, yeah, type of thing. Yeah, I don't know, and and yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um. That would be interesting. Yeah, what what if so if it was volunteer right, why didn't he just say no? That's why I'm not really sure it was uh, completely voluntary. Um Well, again, quotation marks volunteer, yeah, like how yeah. much of an option. And I guess maybe like if you didn't volunteer, you were on a list and the police would just show up at your door. Mm-hmm. Be like, Why didn't you volunteer? So he, he had a problem. You know, he exposed himself to a thousand plus Teenage girls, you know, when he was young, um, then it graduated into sexual assault, sexual assault. And he said, did you hear what he said? He said, it, so the the exposing got kind of boring. So then he started raping. Yeah. And then the girls started running and that got him excited. So he started strangling them. Yeah. So he developed his MO early on. He also did this. The f- uh, So Linda... He murdered Linda while his infant was in his truck asleep. Yeah, I like know. Like chilling in his truck. Yeah. And then sick. just went right home. Remember I mentioned he sick. was interviewed and he his alibi was that he was at home with mm-hmm. his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, he is not a he's not a good not a good person at all. So he receives life with the minimum of 30 years, okay? Sounds pretty pretty mm-hmm. good. In 2009, ooh, said that weird. In 2009, the minimum was reduced to 28 years because of good behavior. 
which like I, I, why does the minimum even matter if it's a life sentence and, and again england is different than us i know no but this there's some um, that's you're eligible for parole it's parole it's not <sighs> it, it's parole it's not get out and there's nothing else parole means you're eligible if, if you're for good parole, you, yes. c- you you can get out you, you if the parole board says so this sounds like we uh it's, we have a similar system in the parole you get out and then you have a parole officer, probation officer. You, you you're checking in. You know, mm-hmm. you got a peanut cup. You know, make sure you're not doing drugs. Th- things like that. So it's not it's not completely free. Mm. It's got to be in a second. Yeah. England uh, is a little confused. So he, I, I have to do the math. I guess 2016 would be the 28 years then. So he yeah. goes up for parole in 2016. He's denied, and then in 2017 he's. Again, denied parole, but was moved to what they referred to as an open prison. Yeah, I guess this means I could I couldn't figure it out. I guess this means that they have supervised release or something like Unsupervised. that. Unsupervised. Unsupervised release. Yeah. yeah, he was allowed to go out and shop and spend time out in public. Oh my gosh, this sounds like. Um, I literally hold on. I said LOL. Sound familiar in my notes? Yeah. What's the case? Um, Lester Eubanks. Lester Eubanks. Yeah. Yeah, he was allowed to go out and shop and spend time out in the public. One article I read said he was allowed out for six hours to shop. Unescorted, even went to the bank, got lunch, went to a job fair. Also, similarly to Lester Eubanks, I forgot to mention, he participated in art exhibits while he was in prison. Yeah, he's making sculpt. He made a sculpture or something. Oh, but the families found out. Yeah, because it was on display somewhere. Yeah, and they took it off of display. Yeah, there's a picture online of him during one of these. There's a couple. I saw one of him sitting on a bench. And he looks. He he doesn't look like prison has been bothering him too much no so i think he's he's 61 now mm-hmm. and so probably late 50s early 60s during one of these pitches he looks pretty good <laughs> looks like he didn't well those know. recent ones that you saw that yeah. you were showing those are 2017 oh 17 yeah yeah so. so he gets so he's on like this open prison thing and he gets to go out and be in the public that like, he was going out about in bristol just like hanging out yeah in like normal clothes, I don't, I don't, unsupervised. I don't really understand the point of even being in, like he was denied parole, but he's allowed to be outside of the jail and like walk around and chill. Yeah, I uh, guess. Um, England is very confusing to me with that. I guess we could have given them, they could have given them the death penalty, right? Listen. <laughs> I don't think England has a death that's, penalty. Okay, but that's different because mm. they have this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's right. different. Uh, a little update. Yeah. June 7th of this year, so just a couple weeks ago, he was, uh, he's also, by the way, now known as David Thorpe. Did you see that? He changed his name. No, I didn't see that. He changed his name to David Thorpe. I don't know if he, like, legally did it, but everything I read said. Why would you want to be, you know, the first guy convicted of DNA (laughs) when you get out of jail, right? (laughs) He still has to answer questions like, are you a convicted felon when a driver? Yeah, no, I get it. But he doesn't have to walk down the street with, you know, yeah. I mean, but you can't change your face. Yeah, you aged, but yeah. your face is still plastered all over the news. Yeah. This family isn't going to let it go, though. Oh, no, they're trying. One of the one of the original detectives is trying to fight it. Okay, hold on. I, didn't, I haven't even said what it is yet. Oh, okay, okay, good. <laughs> so he's granted release. He's granted parole. Mm-hmm. Um, there's conditions. It's a conditional parole with, there's. I think it said 35. Yeah. You know, electronic tagging, which I was like, what? Yeah, they called it a whole, whole life concept or something. Mm-hmm. Whole, whole life sentence. Whole life. W. Jolie, whole like life sentence. Parole for the re- or probation so, for the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, you're on parole yeah. for the rest of your life. And, and if you do 
you make one misstep, you, you're going back. He has to take regular lie detector tests, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting that they do that. He has to inform them of any vehicle he owns at any given point. Um, he may not visit the areas where the crimes were committed, which, by the way, if you think if that has to be a con- condition for release and you think that that's a possibility, why release why it? Release why, it? Like, why? So this why? is what I was reading. This is not for everybody. And you have to show because they he was well because, behaved. Apparently. No, because they recognize some people aren't going to change. And apparently he fit the criteria of having cha- he he volunteered or he did some yeah because religious he's a crazy person who's in, good at masking in, yeah things. I know all right well we'll see he's not out yet is he uh not that I can find I don't think that's gonna be released to the public to be honest so he no you're right I don't so he was 28 years old when he went into jail and if he's getting out this year he'd be 61 so. yeah there I mean any every article you read about it all the videos the news outlets they no no one is saying a date it was announced on June 7th mm-hmm. though. Um, he's in trouble getting a job. Apparently not. He's been going to job fairs and been out in the public <laughs> f- since 2017. That's like, what, four years? I can't do math right now. What was I saying? Okay, so there's no official date yet, but the original detective, he is trying to fight it. He's like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to I cannot believe this happened. The families are fighting it. Everyone is, there's a lot of people doing their best yeah. to try and fight it. You know, the expert said that you know, he used violence and excessive force. Um, and he escalated. And like you said. And sex to demonstrate. He combined sex and then the violence to demonstrate power and control over a woman. You know. Yeah. Some of his previous coworkers described him as um, like before he was uh, oh, arrested. He, oh, he they said always he was bothering the woman. Yeah. yeah. He could never leave them alone. Always flirting. Always, you know, going mm. after them. And he had anger issues, too. He was always moody. So. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I just. All right. Well, I don't know. I, I believe people can change, but I don't know if that type of person can change. Yeah. Well, apparently the the particular panel over there in England, which includes a judge and some prison officials, I guess, and detectives maybe think that he can. Which the original the original judge that put him away said to him, like, mm. you will never be out of prison you should remain in prison. You are a danger to society. He said all these things, and now people, everyone is just, meh. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, uh, I was shocked to see that that he was being released. All right. So, the early '80s, you know, the first case. It the first case did two things. It 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 showed well, it proved DNA can be used on criminal investigations. But not only to prove the guilty, but but you know exonerate the innocent or, or rule rule people out. So and to really make sure they had the right person. Good on them for yeah. really making sure they had the right person. I'm just amazed that they really have the. Hear ye, hear ye! Every male between seventeen and thirty-five, step outside of your house and spit into this cup. Okay, nineteen eighty-eight, eighty-seven, Dad. It wasn't that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, it, it, I can't imagine that. <laughs> Do you know what the men between seventeen and thirty-five in this country would have done? <laughs> they would have flipped the bird. Yep. Now yeah. and now, this you know now it's evolved so much the science what they can and can't do and the legal precedents too well, in our in our country legal precedents is well, yeah. involved as well there was um there was so it's the UK rights group liberty mm-hmm. 
so which I guess it was formerly known as the National Council for Civil Liberties. Yeah. They they raised some complaints so about it's like it. Like the ACLU, I guess. Yeah, they were like, uh, hold on. <laughs> but um so this is what I was saying, California, America, we were watching this happen. The LA Times actually uh said a strong sense of community outrage among close-knit villagers and an effective police public relations campaign effectively overcame apprehensions among some residents that the tests mm. were an invasion of their personal rights. So, essentially, they all came together. They were like, no, let's let's find this person. Yeah, and it, LA, the LA Times it, was like, yeah, yeah, go. So, can you imagine if they botched it? And, um, like, botched it how, though? Like... If the DNA was sloppy and it didn't work and they, oh, wait, we're not sure. And if, if it just didn't, if it was just a absolute shit show, uh, mm -hmm. you know, where we might be with, with DNA solving cases today, I don't know. Well, the fact that he accidentally stumbled upon it, mm -hmm. it's kind of surprising to me that they would even take it into account in the first place. Yeah. I would have been like, hold up, that was an accidental find. Mm. How does that credit you? You yeah. know, that's just where my mind goes. So, at the, every, as you said, it. everybody's paying attention, and this worked, and like, oh my goodness, we can. And they put together a really, really good case. Like I said, you know. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool to see the communities come together like that. Mm -hmm. They're like, let's find who did this. All right. Yeah, that's you know something. I'm gonna say it, okay? Mm -hmm. A little different. A little different. Okay. Something a little different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you, do you realize you start off every show? <laughs> This is what you say. We have a little bit different of a case. And then you say, it's DNA because we love doing DNA. It's what we always do. I'm it, sorry. You know, it's what we always talk about. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm All sorry, right. guys. <laughs> I'm attempting. We also, do you guys know how many so's and ums we have? <laughs> to you'll, edit never, out? you'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> We're trying. I'm trying. It's me. All it's, right. it's all me. Okay, don't forget, uh, Monday the 5th, July 5th, mm -hmm. there will be no episode. We're taking another week off. We'll be right back in your feeds on the 12th, though, mm -hmm. with a good one. Is that this one? No, that's the next one. Mm -hmm. With a yeah, good one? with a good <laughs> Listen, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. We put fun updates, we're old reminders, all of, you know, sneak peeks, all of that good stuff. We're also on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. Again, updates, just connect with us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Please give us a rate and review on Apple Podcast if you can. We love seeing all the reviews and comments and we really appreciate it. And I think that's about it. Yep. We'll Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Later. Later.